Hello, everybody. This is Tristan with my co-host Tyler. Hello, everyone. And we're gonna come at you guys uh, with a third video in one night, or third video, third podcast in one night. Uh, this one just came up with the end of our Raw Humans podcast, and uh, talking about most expensive purchases or most ex- most money spent on one single game. So I'm gonna go ahead and jump. So he he left off by saying it was Rocket League, and I was guessing how much he had spent on that. So I originally said my my Bioshock Collection 10th Anniversary Edition, that is literally limited edition. I had like number 55 out of a thousand or something. Oh um, wow, that's probably worth yeah. some cash. Yeah, and I'll never sell it either. I don't blame you. <laughs> I'll Something never sell like any of my Hell stuff because no. I'm a collector, and that's just how that is. I'll have shit worth the fucking millions of dollars, and I'll probably and I'll never get rid of it. I'll just sit on it. Someone can someone can sell it after I'm dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> legit though. Cyrus will get all that money. Hey, I mean, he can do it if he wants, but I don't care once I'm gone. It's, I mean, it means nothing once I'm yep. out of here. So, only thing that matters is what I left behind, not not what I had. You know what I mean? Yeah, possessions but, are nothing. Yeah, but uh, so I think it's Fortnite, and I'll explain why. When the game first came out, me and Dakota were extremely hyped for it because. Uh, Double Fine Productions actually helped make Fortnite. Wasn't it Double Fine? No, 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 not Double Fine. People Can Fly helped make Fortnite. We love Bulletstorm. Was like heck yeah, you know. And it was a it was a survival wave based like PVE. Yeah, PVE co-op um, tower defense game, uh, and it looks super cool. They were all and you know it was early access. They were offering multiple versions of the game. Like multiple versions you could buy, you know, but in a time before that became normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Dakota paid, I think, like eighty dollars for it, and he got like the deluxe edition. No, no, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Or maybe he paid the same as me. I don't know. But let's just say I bought the founder's edition, which was a hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah, for a game I had not even played. That was an early access, which gave me a fuck ton of DLC, a fuck ton of XP boosters, a fuck ton of shit that I ended up playing a lot with Dakota and then eventually didn't play as much. And do I regret that $150 purchase? Yes, I do. Not because the game is not good and not because I don't like it, but because it wasn't worth that much for what I ended up putting into the game. Yeah. I didn't, you played more and, Battle and, Royale I mean, than the actual game. Yeah, and I mean, I ended up playing that game a lot for a long time, but when Battle Royale came out, I got kind of hooked on Battle Royale. Uh, and I still played that, but then the game kind of focused more on Battle Royale, and I, that was like my first, you know, foray into the Battle Royale genre. So I kind of got hooked on that, and I didn't really, you know, focus as much on the single-player aspect. When I went back to it, I mean, I used all the DLC stuff, I did all this stuff, and I played a good amount, but I never beat that version of the game. It never did. Probably never will. You know, it's actually long, yeah. grindy, and it takes a long time to beat. And I know a few people that have, but it takes hundreds of hours to actually beat the base game of Fortnite, the real Fortnite, not FBR. Um, but the reason I say that it probably, I probably spent the most money there is because initially, like season one of Fortnite uh, of FBR didn't have you didn't pay any money it was just like a few tiers of battle pass and that was it season 2 I was super into that's the one that me and Dakota played a lot of we also played a little bit of season 1 and I bought the battle pass or no 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 I did well I bought the battle pass which is 10 bucks right 
So, and I was earning a lot of stuff, but then I also paid money because I knew that I, w I wasn't good enough at the game and I didn't play enough to, like... I was playing a lot, but I wasn't good enough to, like, get enough stuff to make it all the way through the battle pass, and it was getting close to ending. So I paid, like, 30 bucks to, like, fast-track through the battle pass. Yeah. So I, so I paid 40 bucks for the battle pass. So add that on top of my $150 purchase. That's 190 190 Okay, so then... As time goes on, I bought, and before that, in season one, I paid five bucks, I think, for a uh, turtle glider and a like a uh, some kind of like like caveman club pickaxe weapon. Yeah. So that's like 195, you know. And then I I bought, I didn't I didn't play the game like at all through season three. I didn't buy anything through... No, I might have bought one thing. Let's, let's just add another $5 to be safe for season three. I didn't play much during that. It's like 200... That's like 200 bucks. And then... I, I bought... I bought season four. So $10 for the battle pass. That's 210 And I played the shit out of that. I think I actually made it all the way to the end without spending any money. Uh, I bought the battle pass for season five. That's another ten. That's two twenty. Bought the battle pass for season six, season seven. So that's a hundred or that's two forty. Bought the battle pass for season eight, I think. Or did I get that one for free somehow? I can't remember. No, I think I bought it for season eight, and that was the last one I bought. I bought it for season eight. That's like a hundred and sixty or two six two no two fifty and then I think I paid a little bit of money in a couple different seasons and bought a couple different things and so I think that would put us around like two eighty maybe two two seventy two eighty and then I didn't do anything with season ten or eleven. I think I bought the first season of Chapter 2. So that's like... Uh, close to 290 I don't know. I mean... So around $300, you think? Yeah, maybe that's, maybe it's about the same as the Bioshock then. Maybe like the most I've ever spent on a game is max $300, probably. Well... Uh <laughs> yeah, maybe. Cause I gotta think. I bought um, I bought uh, Fallout Four for sixty-five bucks, and then I paid. Uh, how much was the? Uh, how much was the? Uh, season pass for that game? Uh, it's like forty, 40 bucks, 30, something like that. So that's like a hundred and five, and then I spent a hundred dollars on a Pit Boy edition. Like a couple years later, when they re-released the Pit Boy edition, that was another hundred bucks. So that was like two hundred or something. So yeah, I mean. And I, I used to buy like all the Ubisoft Deluxe Editions. Yeah, I a lot did of them. Well. Like I, I bought the one for like the South Park, the Fractured Butthole was like a hundred bucks. I bought several of them that was like a hundred bucks each, like the the or Gold Edition or whatever. I think Ghost Recon yeah. Wildlands. I just bought the. I think I bought the Deluxe Edition, so it was like seventy or something. Yeah, I did the same. I know that. I what we we got the early version of Battlefield One. 
We did. We went to Midnight Release together. Yeah, we went to Midnight Release together for Battlefield 1. We bought a bunch of like extra merch while we were there. I bought the Season Pass, and I got the Deluxe Edition, which was like 90 bucks. I think the Deluxe Edition was 90 bucks. The one that we got was the early version that was 90 bucks or whatever, and it was gave us like three days early access. We did a three-day early yep. uh, Midnight Release. And then we bought those like boxes of extra stuff. Yeah. And with the I've still got also, my box. And yeah, everything. same. And it still came with a still book, came with a still book case and everything. You know, so that was like over like a hundred. That was over like close to a hundred and thirty, forty dollar purchase there. I mean, I spent yeah. a lot of money on video games. You know? Yeah, I, I think I, we both have definitely. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on video games. And then the individual purchases that I've made of like 65 here, 40, 20, 50, 10, 12, 5, 2, 1, whatever. I mean, I, I paid, what, I paid straight up 120 bucks for a PS Vita. I paid like 200 bucks for my new 3DS XL. I paid, what, 250 for my original Xbox One. I paid 300 for my Xbox One S. Shit, if I was the one that bought my uh, Xbox One X, that would have been my biggest purchase. But Hannah bought it, and that was $600. Yeah. It was a $300 console for $600. Cause when it first came out, it was $300, bucks, but she bought it off Amazon. It was $600, like a year after, or like, like a year after it was announced, or like released or whatever. Cause they were, you know, sell it inflated. I spent eight on my graphics card because the initial Xbox One X I think was $400, or $500 anyway. So I mean. Yeah. I, mean, I spent I sp 800 on that graphics card that yeah. I've got in now when I it spent, first released. What? But I spent uh, 200 on my laptop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've I've spent a lot of money, but that's that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what you do when you have a hobby, though. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, even though I'm, I've I'm spent, not saying that any of that's bad. I'm just like. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying though. But I mean, like, if you have a hobby, you're gonna spend money on it. Yeah. Like, and, and the thing is, though, love. I don't, I don't spend money I don't have, though. Like, I don't, I spend money yeah. I have, and I'm like, hey, can I afford to buy this twenty dollar game? Can I afford to buy this fifty dollar game? Yeah, sure. I might buy fucking ten, twenty, thirty games in a year. A lot of them I buy extremely fucking cheap, though. Like less than yeah. five dollars or five or ten dollars, which is not a lot for a video game. No. You know, and so like, it's not like I buy like thirty. $65 like full price AAA games in a year and like go broke you know I buy like a lot of games but I buy them cheap and I buy them like if I see if I see a game doesn't even matter how interested I am in the game at somewhere for like 10 fucking dollars I can't say no like I saw Rage 2 for $11 less than a year after it released at Best Buy I was like I can't fucking not get that game yeah. Eleven dollars? That ain't gonna break my fucking bank. No. I have a kid and I mean me and Hannah split a lot of stuff, but I can still afford to buy a game here and there. Like it's a hobby. You know what I mean? Like I still I save money, I get my bills paid, I buy more important shit, I buy gas, food, whatever. But I can still say I can still have like a little bit of money that I can use for a game here and there. Yeah. And I have ways of getting things cheaper. I mean, I have, like, you know, I get fucking... Now they give you $5 a month for GameStop. They give you $5, which, you know, lasts for that month. And, like, you can even stack that with coupons after you buy some stuff. So, I've like, I've been getting games for really fucking cheap from GameStop. 
And plus, huh. I can use. And then every time you buy a game digitally or physically, you can redeem points on the Switch eShop, and you can gather points. And every hundred points is a dollar. Yeah. So you can save a ton of money on Switch games. And Switch games are always on sale. And most of the time when I buy games, they're on sale. Ninety percent of the time. And this is a game I'm extremely excited for that I pre-ordered, or like I'm like, hell yeah, I want that game. Like, it's the only time that I don't do it like that. But so how much? How much did you spend on Rocket League? More than five hundred? Are we talking about a thousand dollars? Because I know you. Uh, you we're like, talking about eight hundred and so. Okay, yeah, yeah, but, th- but think about it like this: Is that a bad thing? No, it's not. I'll tell you why. The reason it's not a bad thing is because the game came out in 2017. It's now 2021. Okay, so that's. That's what four years. Yeah. So in four years, you spent eight hundred dollars on a game that initially only cost like thirty bucks by itself. Thirty bucks. Yeah. It's got four-player multiplayer co-op. It ad- they added a ton of free shit. All the things added to that game were free, and like they had a ton of dope-ass fucking um microtransactions and shit like that which is what keeps a game like that alive and then they had the whole yeah. auctioning thing kind of like CSGO had you know and stuff like that which and now esports is yeah. insanely and then big they, then they added because they didn't originally have loot boxes then they added loot boxes you know now yeah. they got esports and all this stuff and that is what it is because I have put a lot of time into games I, I mean honestly I couldn't tell you I spent a lot of money on playing Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 like buying the games buying the DLC and like actually buying things after that in the game. I, I don't know how much I spent on those games. Probably not, like, probably less than less than 100 or less than $200. And I don't even have all the DLC for Destiny 2. I have literally not turned that game on or played it since the falling out that me and Dakota and you had years ago when, like, we had that falling out with Dakota. I still have not played Destiny 2 since then. I bought two DLCs, the first two that came out, played a little bit of the first one, almost beat it when that happened. I never touched the game again because me and him played that game religiously. And for me, it was like we had that falling out, and like I didn't want to play the game because like I felt like it was like weird, but it was like our game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That we played yeah. together all the time. So like by playing it, it was like reminding me of something I didn't really have anymore, like my, my relationship with him. And I still haven't played it, and I need, I want to though. I want to get back into it. I want to beat those two DLCs, and I want to buy the rest. They've released like six DLCs since then. The yeah. Game's only- they and the game's only gotten better because Bungie got free of Activision. They made the game free to fucking play on everything, except for Switch and mobile. Okay, it's on everything else, and it's free to play. That's actually a really fucking good deal with a lot of content for nothing, especially at this point. Yeah. And the DLC is not even that crazy expensive, and there's a lot of it. And you can get them bundled together for not that big, much of a price. You can actually get like the bundled version on disc from GameStop for like thirty bucks with almost all the DLCs. Yeah, if you like that type of game, it's definitely right. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a fan one. of MMOs, then you're not gonna like it. Is what it is. But the reason I say, I mean, some people pay a fucking subscription to World of Warcraft and have since the fucking game came out. Okay. Yep. Ricky, so you can't <laughs> feel bad for spending eight hundred dollars on a single game in four years. Does it sound? bad yes but did you enjoy the game did you play yeah, it that's, have you that's got the big part have of you it. got thousands upon thousands of hours in the game yes yes you do on console and on pc we played it with you for a long time i enjoyed the game i loved it but i didn't get sucked sucked into it as much as you did i i know i got time. i got I, I got sucked in like my games like that 
were were like Battleborn when that game was out, before it you know got shut down by 2K and you know whatever and like all that shit happened. I fucking loved it. That was my Rocket League. That game was. Now I spent a lot of money on that game too. I fucking yeah. loved that game. And when it died, it killed me. I was like, Are you fucking serious? I loved that game. You know, I spent a good amount of money on Friday the Thirteenth, the game. You know, and. I don't mind that because, like, if you really enjoy a game, who gives a shit if you spend money on it? But when a game bases its entirety on microtransactions and loot boxes, is when we have a problem. Yeah. When a game launches with no fucking content and you have to pay for everything, that's a problem. Rocket League had fun local and online play and tons of things to do and tons of content you could earn without spending money before they started asking you to spend money. And even then, it was like cosmetic shit. Like it's nothing... all cosmetic. Yeah, it's not yeah. like anything gonna make you better at the game. It's still skill based. Yeah. Uh, you know, but and that whole play to win shit's fucking retarded. And, and and we've been going through the last handful of years with like microtransactions, loot boxes. Like, is this considered gambling? Should it be illegal? And like, there's a yes and there's a no to that. You know, and. There's a deceiving factor of this, and there's not. There's a reason why it's successful. There's a reason why everybody wants to do it. There's a reason why a lot of greedy studios get their good companies to make shitty games to make a lot of money, and then those companies have to defend it because otherwise they lose their jobs. I mean, it's all about that profit margin for a lot of big companies, which is why a lot of indie and double-A studios have been making bank gaining a ton of fans and getting a lot more spotlight because AAA has been severely lacking in the last handful of years. I'll agree with that. Yeah. And the, I mean, and, and in the AAA space, some of the best games have been actually coming from exclusives on the PS4 side, uh, if i got to give them credit. But I will say that even though those games are great, PS like the PlayStation exclusives are all the same kind of game, though. I don't know about that. No, I, well, I mean, like... I, this is what I mean by the same kind of game. They're all good, and they're good games. The same kind of game is because they're all they're all single player action adventure games, and I love single player action adventure games. But that's it. Yeah. That's mainly it. Okay. The biggest changes that have happened is like, I mean, that's mainly all they've done. They haven't helped the indie scene. Xbox has though. Steam has. Early access yeah. and game preview. That's helping the indie scene. Putting games on Game Pass, but like PlayStation's like here, here's tri- more AAA games. Fuck the indies. Though I will say they have one studio, one tiny ass studio, one of the f- like only exclusive indie games that have come out by a AAA publisher. That is an indie game by a small studio, Pixel Opus, who created Concrete Genie, which has a like oh yeah style. Fucking loved that game. It has a heartfelt story gameplay it's fun it's not difficult it's enjoyable it's great for like kids who want to play it art or style is super cool huh i said or adults you know like yeah like yeah. a game like that doesn't have an age limit no no i'm just saying but like it's so it's so good and it's about yeah, it's, yeah, about it's easy bullying. for anyone to get into it it's about bullying and how like bullies have their own issues and like how and 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 like I beat the game and then like in the end they all come together to fight one evil you know what I mean like it's it's about yeah. te- it's about cooperation friendship and like and overcoming bullying in a non-violent way which is cool you know I like when things do that and that game is extremely underrated and went very far under the radar but it did get a uh, 
an indie game of the year nomination at the Game Awards of 2019. So mm. that's something. At least it was shown. You know that gave yeah. some spotlight that it definitely deserves. Uh, a lot yeah, of games going on the radar all the time, like man. I'm, the, like artsy games, like Journey and mm-hmm. things like that, and mm-hmm. Abzu. Dude, I've never played Journey, but I really wanted to. I just didn't have a PS3 at the time, but I wanted to play Journey. Yeah. And Abzu's made by the same guy, a different studio, but the same like main creator uh, as Journey. And Abzu is a fucking awesome game. I loved it. Yeah, it is. I actually got Hannah into it, and I bought it for her on Switch, and she loves it. It's super cool. I mean, it's a short game. It's point A to B. It's 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 easy, but it's just it's about the experience and the journey. It's not about like combat or anything like that. There's games you can just play to play. You know, I yeah. think I, I'm at a point where every game I play, no matter what, I try to bring. I I try to come out of it with something. I try to gain something from it, knowledge-wise, and like learn something. There and there's other games where I play them, and they're just they're literally just meant to be played as dumb, fun, just stupid game. Others, like I try to come away with it something because there's so many games out there with like meaning behind them. Yeah. And one that went under the radar last year is the Last Campfire, which is actually a game made by two people under Hello Games who made No Man's Sky. Uh, and, and The Last Campfire is a Legend of Zelda type game without the combat, and it's all about puzzles. It's about depression and anxiety, and how people give up. And you're bringing like light and hope to their life, and giving them meaning, and showing them that they're not worthless, and like helping turn the world from a grim, dark place to a very light and vibrant place. And in the end, finding your own hope to continue on. It's it's yeah. very heartfelt. I cried at the end of that game. I like I genuinely cried at the end of that game. That's not how just, you know it's a good game. Not just shed a tear. Like I actually cried. It was fantastic. And there's like it's just a game that's narrated. It's not like it has great voice acting. Like it was just like the effect that the world and the and the narration and the characters and just how cute it is and like it's it's purpose behind it. And I did I didn't cry, but I did shed a tear at the end of Concrete Genie. You know, I did cry at the end of Red Redemption 2 because Arthur Morgan's the best fucking character protagonist in a video game ever made. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, hands down, he's the best protagonist ever. I mean, he's a bad dude. And that game, I mean, the whole, like, behind the main story, I mean, other than the plot points, like, the big thing that you can take away from Red Dead 2 and Arthur Morgan is no matter... Like, no matter how you've lived your life, like you can no matter how you've lived your adult. life, you can always change. You can always yeah. do better. You can always better yourself, and you can always change how people remember you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it matters more about what you leave behind and the, and the effect that you have on others. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how you're remembered is... is is like is the more impactful part of your life than like the things you have or whatever. And Arthur Morgan was a bad guy who had heart, who did what he had to do, and what he the only thing he knew, and lost a lot along the way. And there's aspects of his story that you won't even know if you don't like do certain things. It's like you 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 knew that he had a son, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and you know, his son was murdered. 
because he was away because yep. he was with the gang doing what he does and his his like wife and his son were murdered and he found them you know he came back and I'm like that's like there if you didn't do a side quest and you didn't to pick a certain option in a quest, you wouldn't even know about that part of his story, which which no. is sad. Which is sad because if you don't put that much time in that, you don't know that part of that character. Um, but like speaking of the story behind that, there's a YouTuber that I have to recommend. He's called the Strange Man, which is uh, a character from the Red Dead series. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I think uh, I might have seen he does. Stuff. Yeah, didn't, he does uh, he do a, a video, lot of Rockstar stuff. Didn't he do the? I think he was the one I watched that did the theory on Uncle being. Red Harlow. Yeah, yeah, he did do that. Uh, which is, and, I, uh, I believe it. You know, they're never going to confirm or deny it, but I believe it. Yeah. It all adds up. But I've played Red Red Dead Revolver, so I own Red yeah. Dead Revolver. It's definitely, he's he's a great YouTuber. Like, he, it, like, he, he's the one who solved the, uh, the Mount, uh, Chili, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, from, uh, GTA Five. He's the one who who finally put that oh, to was rest. He, was he the one? Okay, that's cool. Yeah, he's he's the guy. I know that. that's cool. And it's like people, you know, how that was like the huge mystery. Everybody thought you got a jetpack or yeah, something, yeah. but no, it's it's you know, it's more so like about the story of GTA than it is about yeah, well, you know, any kind of reward. Crunch or no crunch. Uh, which I think the biggest negative of Rockstar is just the crunch they have on like their big games. But here's yeah. the thing, though. Once those games get out, they sell so fucking much money that they get all the bonuses in the world. They probably take yeah. a fucking vacation for like 10 years. Like Their games take 10 years to fucking make. It's been 8 years since GTA 5 came out. Who fucking knows when GTA 6 will come out, okay? It took them... What? It took them... 6 years? No. 7 years? Six or seven years? No, eight years to release uh, Red Dead Two. Yeah. It took them like it only took them like five years to release GTA Five from Four or something like that. But I mean, their games take a long time to make. And I mean, GTA Five is—I don't care what anyone says—it's the best GTA. It's the best GTA. It has the most impactful side quest, characters, story, an actual good ending when you get all the characters to stay alive. And like yeah. it has some of the and has some of the craziest secrets and like hidden quests and locations like the cannibals that live up in Mount Chilean. Mm-hmm. You can actually get like a hitchhiker and that's how you meet the the cannibals. Like you can find a hitchhiker on the side of the road, take them to that camp and Yeah, like, that's a Trevor them. mission, isn't it? Yeah, you have to be Trevor and you have it's not even a mission. Like you have to be Trevor and driving through that area, and then you pick up a hitchhiker, and then you have to actually drive to the area. It's not even a quest. Uh, There's even one with Michael where you join, uh, basically GTA 5's version of uh, pay- or, uh, Scientologist. Scientology, yeah. yeah. And you get to meet God and, or whatever, like whatever their God's name is, and you find out it's just a dude talking into like a megaphone and shit in the desert, and it's it's hilarious, you know. And you do that whole. I thing. know you those to- guys uh, show up in Red Dead as well. Yeah, yeah. I forget what they're called. No, the, it's not the the one you're thinking about. The turtle guys. It's not them. Uh, do you remember the redheaded time traveler? Yeah, yeah. That's that's he's one of them. Oh really? 
There's yeah, there's a there's a video about it from the strange man explaining all that. That's why I love watching his videos. He is extremely yeah. give like good at telling man stories. A shout out if like you guys that. want some GTA Red Dead like Rockstar stuff, go check him out. I'm gonna have to check him out because I know I've seen that uh, the the Red Harlow uncle thing, but I'm definitely gonna have to check that out too. Um, but you know, people can say what they want to say, but Rockstar releases gold. Yeah. Okay. Like when they release a game, they release a fucking game. Every one of their like games is a box office hitter. Like there's dude. Every one of their games make more than fucking billion dollar movies make half the time. Yeah. Okay? GTA is the best selling they media of all time. Periods. I think didn't Red Dead Two beat it? No, it didn't. You sure? I think it came close, but it didn't beat it. Oh, okay. It 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 uh. I think GTA still has that record. I'll look it up real quick. It's probably honestly going to keep the record just due to fucking GTA Online sales. I don't know, man. GTA 6. If it uh, happens. Well, I mean, it it's, it's not... It's not an if, it's, it's when. It's, when, they, when they do that, it's about... Um, it's about the first week of sales. So within the first week you of sure? sales... You sure yeah, Red Dead 2 GTA didn't 5. beat that in the first week? I don't think so. I thought I'll fucking Red Dead 2 in like the first like two days sold like fucking insane. I don't. I'm not. I'm not 100 on that, but it could still be GTA 5. But I don't know. You can look that up if you want, but I, I'm not sure. But uh, I mean, if people like every time that Rockstar releases a game, they set a bar. And, you know, actually, Red Dead 2 is the most RPG game that they've ever, like, made. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still it's, GTA 5. Really? Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. How is, is Red Dead 2? It's close, right? It grossed, it grossed 6 billion US dollars. Which one did? Uh, GTA 5. How much does Red Dead 2 gross? Because, I mean, I don't know, in my opinion, I mean, GTA 5 is great, but, like, Red Dead 2 deserves more. Just in my opinion, that's just an opinion. 725 million. Really? Yeah. How did it not do billions? It's fucking insane. Oh, that was the opening weekend. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, it's definitely sold billions now. Okay. So, Red Dead 2 did beat GTA. That was outdated it. information that I was reading. I knew it. So overall, yeah. GTA, so they made seven hundred and twenty-five million in the first weekend of sales. Uh, what GTA Five make in the first weekend? Seven hundred twenty-five million first weekend. Yeah, that's more than most movies make. Like way more. Movies make twenty million in a weekend or some shit. A hundred million maybe. They made eight hundred million in the first day and one billion in the first three days. That's what GTA Five did. Yeah, so, so it, it made way more than Red Dead Two did. Yeah, in the first yeah. weekend, the first like few days. That's crazy. And then, but overall, Red Dead Two surpassed GTA. Eight hundred million in the first day of GTA. That's okay, ridiculous. No. So overall, though, Red Dead Two's passed GTA Five in overall sales, right? Hmm. Yeah. And it's in yeah, the billions, so. correct? 
I don't know though. I'm getting conflicting information because yeah, it says here Red Dead Two is highest grossing opening weekend of any game. I thought Red Dead but, Two surpassed GTA Five altogether. Like, like I think overall sales for a video game, I think it surpassed GTA Five. But I mean, I thought that I saw that. But I mean, who knows? It's the internet. You're gonna get conflicting information. I don't know. It's hard to find something where someone's telling the truth these days. Oh yeah, Red Dead 2 is the second highest grossing entertainment launch of all time. GTA is number one. Okay, so they're top two ever. Okay. Yeah, top two of all time out of any media. So that includes movies, music, anything. All I can say is Rockstar is uh, greatest of all time because they make the good shit, and they really do. But did you know that Red Dead 2 is just actually probably one of the best RPGs out there? Yeah. And it's not even an RPG. No, it's in not. The, in the sense of what you would... Every video game is an RPG because every game you're playing a role. But, like, in the sense of, you know, because genres are fucking shit and we don't have good names for things. So, But the sense of your typical RPG, like a Fallout, Elder Scrolls, like Witcher. But Red Dead 2 is, like, more than all of them. Because, like, it's, it's so realistic in aspects... Yeah, it, it has. It actually has leveling systems. The only Rockstar game that like has leveling systems. They're just stamina, health, your horse, and like your dead eye. Like they're actually levels, and they max out at a certain point, but they're actually levels. You know, and there's like you, you can eat, sleep, bathe, like. And, and people things, react differently. Yeah, and those things matter. It, it, I would even put it in like possibly to an extent immersive sim territory to an extent because like you can make an impact in the game and you can make choices that change you know uh it doesn't quite yeah. fit that per se because as i said genres are fucking retarded and you can't really like get nitty-gritty with it's them. hard none to of classify it makes, things none of it makes sense when you like immersive sim is like prey bioshock deus ex shit like that dishonored but like you know you could classify those as a lot of i things. don't know if those are immersive sims they are literally go look it up like the actual sub genre. A sim is a sim is supposed to be as like a like something that already exists, right? So like mm. you got mill sims and you got uh, no. flight sims no. and stuff like that. No. A, sim a simulation. Oh no! The whole the, a the simulation whole can be something hard. because you're lit like in living in something that's real and reactive. Like a world that's yes. real and reactive and like alive. You know what I mean? Like. Sim doesn't have to be something where you're pretending to be a fucking fisherman or, like, pretending to fucking drive a damn truck down the road like you're doing in real life for 30 minutes to get to a fucking gas station. No, that's those games suck dick. Like, I, those don't, I don't even count those as fucking games. Those Come just, on, man. Those are just simulation experiences that should be used to fucking train people. They're not fucking fun. Which games don't have to be fun either. That's a whole other argument. But, like, um... Dishonored, Prey, System Shock, Bioshock, Deus Ex, those are immersive sims. That is the name given to the subgenre by the creators of the subgenre in the 90s. Started with Ultima in the like early 90s. 
They are immersive sims because they are games in which the world is alive, the world is reactive. You have many different choices in how you go about different scenarios. Everything in the world is interactive. Everything can be picked up, moved, changed. There's so many variations in how you can go over a, a, a given encounter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the things that, that, that make an immersive sim game. Like, specifically, the word immersive and sim together immersive sim that's what those games are truck simulator and shit like that those are just simulator games immersive sims are different than simulator games just like first person shooter is different than first person survival horror game you know what i mean well yeah because I mean, a survival horror game is going to be like slower than a normal <laughs> fps but that's when i come back to the fact that genre names are retarded and you can't like really like if you were explaining to someone who has no idea like about video games and you use the term immersive sim and then you use the term like fps or something like that to it like like you know what i mean like it would get so confusing yeah or like strategy versus like a strategy game an RTS versus like a TBS. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just like blurred lines. There's this weird blurred lines there that don't make any sense, and that's just I don't know. I just there's no way else to explain things, you know. And there's like a, it's like a, there's a difference in like, uh, like a third like a third person shooter and like an over the shoulder third person shooter. One's closer into the character and the other one's further away. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're basically both third-person shooters, but they are slightly different because of the camera sh positioning. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Things are weird, but I don't even know what we were talking about. I mean, we just kind of went like four different directions. I don't this is just one of those videos. Like those, those other two that, uh, videos. I keep calling them videos when they're not. They're audio podcasts, not video podcasts. But uh. Those other two episodes that we did prior were more structured, even though we went off a little bit. But they were structured. This is not structured. This was just started by most money you spend on a video game, and we went off in like ten different directions, still involving video games and stuff like that. But uh, uh, yeah, we were talking. We were talking about Rockstar. Red Dead Redemption Two is a masterpiece. Is is what I wanted to get around to. Yeah. It's a phenomenal game. It's 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 like number one on my list of like best game of all time. One of my favorite games of all time. It's in my top five. I mean, it's it's just it's fucking great. And I could argue with someone about why it's so fucking good. I don't give a damn if you sit there and say, oh well, uh, Rockstar's controls are outdated. I was like, I don't give a fuck. If their controls are outdated. Their fucking world design and atmosphere and quest design isn't. Oh, actually, their quest design is because they still have quests that disconnect you from the real world. So like, if you run out of the the area, you, you'll fucking fail the mission. <laughs> yeah. So actually, their quests are linear, which still I don't know why they are but they are I mean it's the same thing in GTA 5 you run out of the area you fail the mission so that part is yeah it's aged but it doesn't really fucking matter why are you running out of the area it's it's not <laughs> no but seriously though it's why would you run out of the area it's not fucking Ghost Recon Wildlands it's not Assassin's Creed it's not Far Cry 
you're not trying to come in from like 10 different directions and choose how you want to attack, you know what I mean? You do yeah. that in the open world, kind of, if you want to. You do that when you're hunting, but when you're in a mission, you have an objective. And if it was real life, I mean, that's kind of like your objective, you know what I mean? Like, you have this linear path that you're trying to go down. Why the fuck are you trying to deviate? Because it's... The game's trying to tell you a story, it's structured, but, like, the open world is free to do whatever the fuck you want, you know what I mean? Indeed. So, I mean, whatever. But the game's fantastic. I wanna, I mean, I wanna do a whole, I wanna do a YouTube video and a podcast, just Red Dead 2. I just wanna talk about Red Dead 2 for, like, an hour. <laughs> no shit, I could do it. Like, I want, I want, I want you on the podcast, and I want, like... I don't know, someone else who's played it on the podcast. We, st I still want to get, like, Noah on here and, like, Oliver or yeah, somebody cool. else on here and just talk about something. You know what I mean? Because I just, like, the whole point of this whole thing was just to just to bring conversation, talk about different shit. I love doing them. Yeah. I love doing the podcast with you. I want to get Dakota, them, whoever else on here, just talk about different things. It's fun. It's just fun to talk about things and discuss new stuff, old stuff, whatever. But it's fun. What's I up? agree. You know, but uh, let's see. <sighs> Anything else you want to touch on? What are you doing right now? Are you playing something? I'm playing Red Dead. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> He's like, I am playing the masterpiece. I am. I need to. I need speak. to replay it, man. I, but when I replay it, I just want to rush through it. You know why? Really? Yes. When I, I replay it, it, I want to rush through it. I'll tell you why. You want to know why? Why? Because the story itself already takes sixty hours. Okay. Yeah. Majority of games you can beat in in a given time of anywhere between like five to thirty hours. To just play through and beat them. That game, literally do nothing else in the game and it's going to take you 60 hours. Do nothing. Just the main storyline. It's 60 hours. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Is that a bad thing? No, I don't think so. Is it a little too long? Maybe. But for that game, it's fine. It's a fantastic story. But I want to rush through it because of one reason. It's 60 hours and I have a kid and job and you know podcast, YouTube, shit like that. And other games to play. But also, if I didn't... And I, 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 I had one playthrough of that game, 400 hours. I did pretty much everything in the entire fucking game, literally everything, except for a couple of legendary animal hunts. I didn't do the legendary fish. I did some of them, but I didn't do all of them. And there was like rock carvings and a couple other collectibles that I didn't do, but I tried. But some of them are just really difficult to get to without a guide, and I didn't use a guide for anything in that fucking game. So yeah. I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to use a guide, so I'm just going to beat the game. And I spent 400 hours in that game. Okay, finally yeah. beating it, I spent 400 hours. Alright, so yeah, when I play through it again, time. I want to just beat the story with 60 hours. That's already a lot to devote to a game. Which, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting old and I have a job and I have YouTube and podcasting I want to do and I have a blah blah. I ain't got time for that shit. No, I, I'll still <laughs> play a fucking RPG that I gotta, like, put a minimum of 100 hours in, that I'm gonna invest 500 hours in. I'll still do that. I don't give a shit. I can still play that, like, 
a, like a large portion of the week and still beat like several other games in a month because like majority of games don't take any time to play through and I can play through them or 100% them and I can beat those games that take 5 to 20 hours to beat and I can still play this game that takes 400 hours because I bounce around games so much anyway and I still remember everything because I have a damn good memory so I can still remember when I last played the game from a fucking month ago after I played 10 games since then um I just I hate that I do that, but I, at the same time I don't care cuz I know I'm going to beat it one day. If I don't beat it, I'll eventually figure out the ending. I can still say I played it. I can still say I played every game that I've ever owned. Every game I've ever bought. Yeah. I've either played them, beat them, 100% of them. Some of them I've even played more than once. Multiple times, 100 times. Some of them I love way more than others. Some I beat once and I'll probably will never even play again. Not because I don't like them, just because I don't want to play them again. I beat them and then that's it. But I'm a collector and I like to keep them. And it's actually overwhelming sometimes because I own so many games. Sometimes I forget that I've beaten like 90% of them. Like, yeah. yeah, I own a lot of games that I haven't beaten, but I own so fucking many more that I have. And But sometimes my brain's like, have you though? Which mm. I have. And like, I know that because I've been playing games for... So I'm 23, so I've been playing games for like 21 years or 20 years, give or take. I started playing games when I was like two or three years old. So like, I've been playing games for a long time. I mean, I've I've played and beaten and rented and owned more games than 90% of people. Like, you could take every single person that I work with and produce and take every game that they own and put it together and I own more. I own more than what they've probably played in their life just on, like, original Xbox. Yeah. And I own less than 200 games on original Xbox. Okay, I own over 300 games on 360. I own over 400 games on Xbox One. I own a minimum of five on my lesser played consoles. And, like, max 20 on some of the other lesser-played systems, including, like, uh, handhelds and stuff like that. I even own, like, game, like, like at least five games that I've actually paid for on mobile through Google Play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a fu- I mean, I, I think I own, like, 60 games on PC. Most of them are old fucking games from the 90s <laughs> that I bought for, like, a $4 each. Like a cent. Yeah. Or nothing. Like with the sales. Like like back in high school when I bought like Fallout 1, 2, and Tactics, I bought all three of them for like $1.50 or some shit. I bought, I'm a huge fan of like old school 90s first person shooters, and I own like almost every single fucking one ever created on PC. Some of them don't even fucking work on modern systems anymore. Yeah, you have to have (laughs) some kind of weird code. You have to have have like a weird patch or a code or like a fucking unofficial like update or something you know and so that's fine I just want it for collection and to possibly be able to play it if not they're gonna they might come out with a remaster or a remake and a lot of them have and a lot of them will that's just how it is and I love it that's fine and I'm also not on the wag I'm not like I'm not a person like I want how do you feel about it do you like remasters remakes reboots it depends on if they're done well because some of them are like only done for like Hey, this has a big following. If we can just shittily put this together, a 
fucking yeah. shit well, ton see, of people buy it, and then if if it's a game that money. I enjoy, if it's a game that I want to play again, I don't. Because here's the thing about remasters. What is a remaster? So this is where it gets difficult. But a remaster is just a game that's up-resed, looks about the fucking same, but just kind of runs crisper, and usually includes all DLC, and it's in the next generation after the generation it released in. A remake is usually from the ground up, and like made to look like a modern game, and a reboot is taking that game with the exact same name, also known as a reimagining and changing it, you know, quite a lot. That's more of a reboot, I guess, or like a reimagining is, I guess, a better word for it. Like Modern Warfare 2019. just like Modern Warfare 2019. And that's where it gets complicated. People are like, what's the difference between a remaster, remake, and a reboot? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. You could ask like 10 different people and they're going to give you 10 different answers. Because some people still call remakes, remasters, and it gets confusing. But like, the point is like, who gives a shit? If it's a game you like and you want to buy the remaster, fucking buy it. If you don't, who the fuck cares? It's not going to hurt you if it comes out. It's not... And, and if, like... It, half the time, these remasters don't even make the profit margin that, like... The studio making it... Actually, they don't even... You know, you think that they, they do it... Like, some of them, they do it to cash in. Like, Skyrim being re-released. Resident Evil 4 has been fucking re-released on every console known to fucking man. More than Skyrim, even, okay? It's on Wii, GameCube, mobile, uh, see, Switch, Xbox One, Xbox 360, PS3, PS4. It'll probably be on PS5 and Series X. It's on PC. It's on PS Vita, I think. It's on... Is it on 3DS? I can't fucking remember. Uh, I mean, it's, it's on everything, man. It's being re-released a fucking million times. That's cash yeah. grab, and that's fucking stupid. But at the same time, for that right person, it is a good thing. He's like, hey, shit, the last time I played that was on fucking GameCube when it came out in 2004. I haven't played it since then. It just re-released, remastered. Yeah, it's still going to look dated, but it kind of runs smoother on yeah. my PS5. I'm going to fucking buy it. So, like, yeah, it's for that person. But they're not actually making as much money as you think they do every time they re-release it. They re-release it because it's cheap and it's going to make them a little bit of profit. But a lot of times they do remasters just to fucking see if they're going to make money. Which sometimes determines whether they're going to make a sequel or another game in that series. That's what they did with Darksiders. When THQ Nordic, like, when Nordic bought the rights, they re-released Darksiders 2 first. Not the first game. They released the second game first, because the second game is the most popular game. They released the remaster of that. They wanted to see if it did well. It ran better. It looked a little bit better. It was a little bit crisper. It came with a DLC. And it did do well. And then they re-released the first game. And then because of that, they started development on the third game. So They probably even had in development before that. They just wanted to test the waters. Then the third game comes yeah. out. Then they even made a spin-off game. That's why they do remasters. Now, remakes and reboots, those are... Those are bigger, like... Those are bigger, like, investments to make. Because they could do great, and they could just fail. Now, Destroy Humans, doing the remake of the original game, they didn't have to test the waters by doing remasters. Because people have been asking for remasters, been asking for remakes, and just re-releases of the original games for years... They've been asking yeah. for a proper third game for years. There's such a huge fandom, and people fucking wanted those games. They knew that they'd make money. 
and the people who made it did it with passion and love and like did it from the ground up and improved it just like they did with the people who with like vicarious visions did with crash one two and three like they did with tony hawk pro skater one plus two those fucking games are fucking fantastic best skateboarding games i've ever fucking played fucking amazing i love those games and they bring back so much nostalgia because i played tony hawk pro skater 3 on original xbox i played one and two on ps1 with my my uncle that remake is fucking amazing. The graphics, the art style, the colorfulness, the wackiness that they they just they up the ante on the arcadiness that was the original games, and it's fucking awesome. I love like playing it with you and Mason and Dakota and shit. That was fun as hell. Yeah, that game's fucking awesome, man. It's so much fun. You know, and now Vicarious Visions ain't gonna be doing anything cool again. Nah, I'm just kidding. They they went to go work for the <laughs> Blizzard side of Activision, uh, and so they're actually helping with. Uh, currently, they're helping with the remake of D- Diablo 2, which I'm actually pretty excited for. That comes out this month, but I'm probably not going to get it till fucking next year because I can't afford to buy every fucking game that comes out that I'm interested in. Because trust me, there's too fucking many. Yeah. Because I happen to be a gamer who plays a lot of different kinds of games, and I'm interested in a lot of different stuff. I'm not. I don't have the luxury of being a casual gamer that plays like three games a year, and I'm only interested in like two franchises. You know what I mean? And plays like occasionally tests the water with one game every year. I'm not that lucky. Yeah. I've I played games for so fucking long. I have so many interests that I'm interested in a lot of games, and I buy a lot of games. And there's like fucking thousands of games that come out every year. And when you're someone like us. That fucking hurts. Yeah. Because you know there's so many that you're going to buy. You know there's so many that you're going to play. And you know there's only so many that you're going to beat. But you're going to experience all the ones that... that you're going to experience all the ones you can afford to buy. You're going to play them. You may or you may not beat them. But you'll still experience them. But there's still going to be so many more that you're interested in that you may never get to play. And that's the sad part. Really. Um, I mean, I try to I try to get most that I'm interested in. Some slot under my radar, and I don't even know they fucking exist. And yeah. I'm still I try really hard to follow with like Twitter and stuff, and I I follow the indie scene pretty hardcore. Man, I love I love dev diaries and documentaries and like long drawn out discussions. In the last year, I've gotten into fucking video essays, like. I, when I go on YouTube, I don't fucking want the short-ass videos anymore. Like, when I look for a review, I don't even watch mainstream reviews anymore. The only, like, mainstreamish review site that I watch is GameRanks. Because GameRanks is fucking great, and Jake Bowden yeah, is fucking awesome, okay? Great shit. He's a genuine dude. Good shit. But, I... main Like, if I look for a review for a game... I go in there, I, I, I adjust the filters, and I go for like 20 minute plus videos. I want a fucking review that's a real fucking review of someone who's actually either beat the game or put a lot of fucking time into it and can give me a genuine opinion. Not somebody from IGN who played the game for fucking 10 to 20 hours, rushed, and did it for their job, and then comes out saying that a game that's, in my opinion, ends up being a fucking masterpiece is like a 2 out of fucking 10 piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because you got the wrong person to objectively review a game for one of the biggest review sites in the world, especially in America, and they, you know, whatever. And, my God, so many mainstream game journalists are fucking stupid as fuck. 
so many mainstream game journalists are fucking stupid. Yeah. Like there was one like a couple years ago when Spyro came out, the Spyro Reignited trilogy, who said that one of the like the second boss of the first game was impossible. There's not a single fucking boss in that entire first game that's fucking impossible. They're easy as fuck. A kindergartner could beat them. Okay? They're fucking yeah. easy as fuck. The first game is the easiest of all three. The bosses are extremely fucking simple. They're so fucking easy. I'm like, are you fucking, like, I don't know, you have, you have a problem. You either just have an agenda against 3D platformers... Or you don't know how to fucking play a video game. Because how the fuck can you die so many times to a boss that literally, like, Cyrus could fucking beat right now at four months old? That's how fucking easy it is. But your fucking dumbass goes in here and says, oh, the game is ass because I couldn't get past this boss at the fucking second level of the game that came out in fucking 1998. Made for kids. But more adults yeah. played it than kids. And kids who were kids then are adults now and they beat it when they were fucking five. And you're telling me a fucking grown adult journalist can't fucking beat it? Like, why do you get people to review games that don't play games? That doesn't make sense. Probably because they're good writers. I don't know. You need fucking writers that play games, because there's better ones that work for fucking GameSpot. There's better ones that do fucking kind of funny games and, like, other fucking sites or shit like GameRanks. GameRanks is the fucking most genuine shit. Like, Jake Baldino, like, like, legitimately reviews shit. Like, you should always review shit objectively but still has to be based around your opinion to some extent, but you have to give things credit where credit is due. You can't just call it shit because it's not your kind of game, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and if you're not someone who plays games, you can't review them. No, you not know? really. Or it's like... It's like people that one? were saying Modern Warfare 2019 was like too gory and too, too graphic. Too gory, too offensive, it was graphic, it was too much... And I'm sitting here like, oh, wow, really? That's too much. I mean, I get because it's more realistic, but, like, no, nah, that's not too fucking much. Really? Like, no. Okay. Like the no Russian mission in Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, I know, like, yeah. The, the sensitive souls. They had to kill innocent people in a fucking fake-ass fictional video game so that they, when they re-released, which I still don't get why they re-released only the campaign of Modern Warfare 2, which I bought. It was, like, I got it for like 15 bucks. Whatever. I fucking loved it. It was fantastic. I love Modern Warfare 2. It's my favorite Modern Warfare. But when you get to that mission, it asks you if you want to skip the entire mission. Yeah. And we're at a point in games... They did that in the original, too. No, they didn't. After uh, a couple of... Oh, a patch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not the original original. Not that one. Not the one I played. (laughs) Unpatched. You know. Um... I don't know. Uh, that was my first uh, rated M game that I was allowed to buy and play. Well, I got away with playing and renting a lot of games that I shouldn't have when I was younger. Because of my dad and my uncle. Hmm. I wasn't allowed to have Halo 2. My uncle straight up bought it for me at Kmart. So, yeah. That's one of those rated M games. It's like, yeah, it's rated M because it's a little violent. There's a lot of cuss words. There's a lot of cussing and violence and, like, innuendos. 
Uh, I mean, and the game's absolutely fantastic. It's my favorite Halo game, and it's one of my favorite one of my favorite Xbox games. So I mean, it works out in the end. But I mean, you know, uh, people are so sensitive, and and it's a good and a bad thing. Like I like access, I like accessibility in games. I like when you know that like people who are disabled and have stuff like that that are allowed to play a lot of games, right? Mm-hmm. But I also do not think that game developers should like deviate from their vision just to be accessible to everyone. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I think if their vision's their vision, let them do what the fuck they want to do. If you're not able to play it, you can watch someone play it on YouTube. You can watch someone stream it. You know, whatever. Like, there's other ways. Honestly, nowadays, more people fucking watch people play games than actually play games themselves. Like, the youth, I guess if you want to call it, people younger than us, people younger than my brother and sister and your sister, like, watch more people play games than they do actually play them. You know, I mean, and I get it. Like, there's people out there who have, like, disabilities who can't play certain games, and there's a lot of games who are, like, accessible to stuff like that. But, like, there's certain games that, like, how the fuck do you get someone who's disabled to play something like Dark Souls? Like, how do you make that accessible? I mean, I watched yeah. some guy uh, play a, a PUBG match and uh, and win, and he uh, doesn't have arms. He, he right. has a he has a mouse. Uh, it like he has a a thing that he puts in his mouth yeah. that has uh, buttons. Yeah, and you can control it by tilting your head and clicking the buttons with your tongue. Mm-hmm. And, no, uh, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just WASD and sprint yeah. and stuff like that with his feet, which I'm, is I'm, pretty sick. Oh I yeah, mean, it is. And I like, mean, you'll learn awesome. how to do stuff like that if you really want to. But I'm just saying that like not everything should be should have to be accessible. Like it's good yeah. if it's achievable, but if it comes at the cost of their vision, it 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 doesn't have it doesn't need to be a thing. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's not actually like Deathloop that recently came out. There's not any really like accessibility options for people with disabilities in that game. And I'm like. It kind of, it sucks that there's not, and there could probably have been. Maybe there will be. Maybe they'll add them. But I mean, if it if it was gonna like hurt their vision, then it, it just it wasn't meant to be. You're not gonna be able to play everything if you have a disability. It's just how it is. I mean, a lot of things are gonna go under your radar as someone without a disability. And and I feel for the people who can't. Like if you really fucking want to play something and it doesn't have accessibility, I it's I hate it. But I mean, not everything's gonna be accessible. It's also like the same debate. It's not this, exactly the same, but it's a similar debate when people say uh, that difficult games should have an easy option so that you can still experience the story or whatever, the game, but not have the challenge. And, yeah. and that's actually been like put towards stuff like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Demon Souls. Or Sekiro. Sekiro was actually one of them, the one of the biggest ones that in recent years that they've talked about like that. And I'm like, well, the interesting part about that is that I completely disagree because games can be challenging and you can get the fuck over it. Because, <laughs> no, I mean, genuinely, games can be fucking challenging. They want the game to be challenging, they want you to learn, they want you to overcome the difficult obstacle like you do in life. 
you have not everything's easy not everything's handed you on a, on a platter not everything is going to go your way so it shouldn't have an easy option literally dark souls like if you go the deep right the story like deep 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 down the whole point of dark souls like in the deep like more personal level of it is is actually the whole point is is uh is is not becoming depressed not going hollow not losing yourself not giving up that's the whole point you play as an undead hollow and when you give up everybody in the world of souls when they give up they become this sad depressed person who gave up on life gave up on the world gave up on everything and and they just become a husk of themselves the whole point is to get past the challenge do better improve get and and, and succeed and then f and end it and like finish the game you know and like it, it it actually it's actually genuinely helped people fight their depression too there's actually been people who have claimed that like it it, it just it, it's it's all about con you know it's it's all about continuing to try keep trying and learning and improving so no a game like yeah. that should not have a fucking easy option it shouldn't and honestly if you go back to arcade games you go back to the games in the 90s the games in the 80s they didn't have fucking easy mode I mean, sure, some games. I mean, did. they did. Like some, uh, like, some like, few uh, did. No arcade games Doom had easy options. There were no fucking options for difficulty in arcade. Doom and Wolfenstein make fun of you for it. Yes, they do, and they should, because those games are not <laughs> like even on the hardest difficulty. Those, I mean, those games are hard, but they're not like that. They're not like that hard. I mean, they are, but they're not. Like, there's no reason you shouldn't just play every video game on fucking normal, and then play it again on hard, and then play it again on harder if that's what you want to do. And if you want to play yeah. on easy, who cares? And if if the game makes fun of you playing on easy, who fucking cares? Laugh at it and continue on and just play it. There's nothing yeah. wrong with playing it on easy if you have to. Maybe if you play no, it on easy and you learn how to play the game, you'll be able to play it on normal. Then you'll be able to play it on hard. A lot of a lot the majority of, uh, of the time, the only viewers people... play it on easy because yeah. they can get through the story quicker. And they suck ass. Because yeah. <laughs> even on easy, they get their ass kicked. I've watched them. They fucking suck dick. I'm like, you can't, you can't get someone who just sucks ass at video games to review games either. Okay, especially if they're playing on easy. No, that's bad. That's that's not even a. You can't have someone review a game. I mean, I guess you can, but I mean, it's not really gonna help the majority of people because the majority of people don't suck dick at games. The majority of people don't. I mean, the majority of people are average. The majority of people yeah. are like casual, average gamers that play on normal difficulty and are okay at games. And then you got people who have been playing games for a long fucking time and are like pretty good at almost everything that they play. And you got people who go like insane with certain ones and play like hardest difficulty, like blah blah blah, whatever. That's fun. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't shy away from challenge or difficult games. I love difficult games. I don't want a game that is so hard that it's not fun to play anymore. That's the only exception. I've, uh, I've never found a game that's so hard that it's not fun to I've play anymore. I've found several. Dark Souls being, uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne being very true cases. But you also, but you, you also don't really like games with, like, tons of challenge, though. I mean, I don't know, man. There's some games that I that I play on the hardest difficulty and I enjoy, and it's it's just fun. Like, uh, there's a lot of 
like uh, first-person shooters I play on the absolute hardest difficulty, like realism, where there's no HUD, no nothing, and right. you don't get to see anything. Well, then I get and then you die then, super quickly. But then, like, then in that way, then that just means that like the Souls style of game just isn't for you. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. It's not for everybody at all. That's why that they've that's why they've gotten the the fake like reputation of being some of the hardest games out there. I mean, they are difficult, yeah. but as someone who has played every single Dark Souls game, has played yet to beat Bloodborne, Demon Souls, has played other Souls-like games, and has played other very challenging games and games on hard difficulties like Doom Eternal, shit like that, like yeah, other games, FPS games, whatever, on hard difficulties and some old school games that are pretty fucking challenging. I can say that once you beat a single Souls game, the rest don't become easy but they become less difficult and they still have their moments where you're going to run into a boss that's going to kick your ass but they're still fun like once you've figured them out and whatever but like it doesn't mean they're going to be for everybody like obviously not everybody in the whole fucking world is going to pick up Dark Souls and be like yeah best game in the world no everybody has taste like some people yeah. are going to love Dark Souls some people aren't going to love Dark Souls some people are going to love horror games some people are not going to love horror games that's just how it is I just happen to be someone who's fucking grew up with so many different so many different genres of games, movies, television, whatever. I have so many different interests, so there's a lot of different shit I like. But I mean I've I have run into games that I don't like. I've run into games that are just absolute dog shit that I don't like. Yeah. Um I've run into games that are not my thing. I mean, I think there's I think there's more games that I enjoy, more games that I love, or more games that I think are great and I have a good time with because the majority of games that are on my radar are usually only games that I like. Usually, yeah. I, mean, I don't have any games that I don't like or I think I'm not gonna like on my radar. Like they're just, I don't, I don't know their existence half the time until I accidentally pick them up one day because I decided one out of a million times that I'm gonna just pick up a random game that I know nothing about, and usually that ends up me not liking it because it's usually ass if I don't do my research. Yeah. I don't I don't blindly pick up anything. Like I, I want to make sure that I know if I like something or not. And I if I watch a video, a trailer, or something like that, I can know a hundred percent if I'm gonna like something ninety percent of the time. Not every time. Sometimes I'm wrong, but majority of the time I'm right about whether I like something or not. And I'm lucky in that aspect because I know a lot of people, you know, like see something that yeah yeah I'm definitely gonna like that and then like no they don't and it, that's not, exactly they don't what like happens it at all. to me a lot of the time like yeah. I see a game and I'm like damn this looks really cool and then I play it and it doesn't yeah. play like right right and I mean at all, you know like I've had that happen a few times but it's not like something I've had happen a lot like I can tell you one of the worst games I've ever fucking yeah. played in my life is Raid World War 2 now it, it was it was published by the guys who published uh it was published by the developers of Payday. It was published by Starbreeze Studios. I oh, I remember that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can go burn a fucking... It sucks dick so fucking hard. <laughs> like, it's it's like Payday, but in World War Two, and you're raiding Nazi, Nazi, like, vaults, and that yeah. sounds fucking cool as shit, but it's not. Because <laughs> the way they do it is terrible. The AI is awful. The difficulty scaling is awful. The graphics are awful, even for when it came out. Uh, the online sucks. The it was insane lag. So many frame drops. The animations for the guns are fucking terrible. 
there's just so much to hate about it. And I fucking despised it. I thought it was going to be great because I enjoyed Payday. Now, I'm not a mega fan of Payday. Like, Payday's fun with some friends or playing online. And I had Payday 2 on 360. But it's not a game that I plan on buying for anything else. I don't probably, I don't plan on buying for Xbox One. I don't plan on buying it on PC. It's a cool game. And I, I liked it on 360 for a little bit of time I played it. But it's not like a game that's amazing. And there's those games that I play. There's games that I play that I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, I beat it. Or I played it for a while. It was a fun, enjoyable game for the time, but it's not something I'm going to go back to, and it's not something that I want to play again, you know what I mean? But that doesn't mean I don't yeah. like the game. But there are some games like that. It was just worth it for that little experience that I'll always remember. But it's not something I'm going to play, like, ten times. I'm not going to play it every year. Yeah. You know? On occasion, I may, but probably not. There's those. And those are, like, teetering on the, like, I almost don't like them, but I, I do. It's just I don't want to play them more than what I did. It's not that like I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to explain that, but it's not like I don't I like them. I do. Mean. I do like them, but I just don't want to play them a lot. <clears throat> I got what I wanted out of them. Now I'm done with them. But there's other games where I'm like I can't get enough, or like I play the game every year, once a year. You know what I mean? Or I beat it 20 times, or I've put thousands of hours into it. Like yeah, I have those too. You know, there's some games that are like fucking four hour long game. Beat it. I'm done. Whatever. But another one, uh, which I was excited for, and I actually enjoyed to an extent for a little bit. Uh, I actually I told my dad that I wanted uh, Zombieland 2, like the movie. Yeah. But he accidentally bought me. He thought I wanted Zombieland 2, the game, by Game uh-huh. Mill Entertainment, who make absolute dog shit. Fucking cash grab ass fucking licensed product games. Yeah. 98.9% of the time. And so I got, I started it up. It had a cool intro and everything. Uh, they only had one voice actor for all, like you could pick the characters to play. There was one voice actor and that was just for Little Rock. Rest of them were like fake ass bullshit fucking yeah, whatever, and the graphics were absolute ass, and that only came out in 2019. It was absolute shit. Like, it looked like it came out on fucking PS1. I don't even like, and, and that's not necessarily a problem. I don't care. I don't. I don't mind games that look retro, but it was just fucking bad. I was like, okay, well maybe I can still enjoy the game. It had it had multiplayer, it had co-op. So me and Hannah played it because she loves Zombieland. We played it. It was actually pretty fun because it's a top-down like point-and-click shooter type thing. You know what I mean? Like a uh, yeah. stick shooter. It was fun. It was fun. And then every mission we did was pretty much the same fucking thing. It was just the same thing over and over. And then we did the side quests, and the side quests were like these wave-based survival things, and they were fun at first. And then they got to the point where they were just impossibly... Like, I love a challenge, like I was saying, but these got to the point where like I actually couldn't win. Yeah. Like they were they were they were made so difficult to make the game feel longer. And yeah. like I'm like I don't this is like fucking stupid. There's a difference in like difficulty that makes sense, difficulty that fits the game and difficulty that's over like you can overcome. And then there's difficulty in a game that's made like shit, looks like shit, designed like shit and is a cash grab piece of shit game. I think I actually hate it more than Raid. Really? No, definitely, yeah. Now that I think about it, I definitely hate it more. Raid's a way better game. Like, I'd pay $100 for Raid before I'd even fucking touch Zombieland. 
It makes shit even better as I trade. I, I brought it back to GameStop. They only gave me five bucks for it. And the guy said he would like. He, I was like, yeah, I'll look around for a second. And he was supposed to put it on a card, but he said it was going to go on my account. And then I come in there to use the five bucks, and then they said, oh, well, we only put them on cards. And I'm like, oh. So I gave you guys a fucking free game that was, it's already a shit game that you're not going to sell, but I gave it back to you, I, I traded it back in, and you basically took my $5 and the game. I'm like, oh, okay. Not only was the game dog shit, but I also got cheated out of $5. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because there's no proof of my purchase, because I didn't have a receipt or anything. Yeah. Like, there was no, and I didn't buy the game initially, like, there was no proof that I even made that transaction to, like, return it, and I'm like... They're like, yeah, we only have one copy. I'm like, yeah, that's the fucking copy that I gave you, dumbass. You didn't have a copy before I fucking gave you one. She's like, no, it's been there forever. I'm like, bull fucking shit. I fucking gave it to... I brought it in here to the fucking dumbass that, like, did the trade-in, like, literally two days ago. The fuck you have had it for a long time, my fucking ass. I was pissed. <laughs> it was only five bucks, but I was still pissed. I was yeah. like, come on. Like, he said he was going to put it on my account, but it doesn't go on the account. It has to go on a gift card. Like, how fucking stupid is that? I don't know. I hated the game why Mighty Number no. 9. Why would you even lie about something like that either? I don't know. I'm like, do you guys actually genuinely think that I'm lying about a fucking piece of shit game and $5? I just wanted the five fucking dollars. I didn't even pay for the game. I didn't lose anything. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna lie about five dollars. I didn't even want cash. I just wanted to use it on a fucking game that I was gonna buy. I was like, how the fuck is this gonna benefit me? You know what I mean? Like, you guys don't even give cash when you trade shit in. I mean, you do, but like, it's usually less. The five dollars was trade credit. It was like only like three dollars cash. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck am I gonna do with that? Buy a fucking crunch bar? Like. <laughs> It's not even worth trading in. That's how shit it is. They give you five fucking dollars, and it only costs like twenty. It's fucking ass. I hated the game Mighty Number no. Nine. It was the second game that I bought for the the Wii U that I bought from James. He was selling his Wii U, and he was selling it for fifty bucks, and I was like, I can't turn that down. So I bought it from him for fifty yeah. bucks. It came with Mario Kart, uh, Mario Kart, and Mario Party. That's all he had. Uh, and the first game I bought for it was Shovel Knight. Fucking phenomenal 2D platformer. One yeah. of the best I've played in the last five years. As far as like a 2D platform, like a re old school 2D platformer. And then, uh, I bought like Legend of Zelda Wind Waker later on and like, uh, Captain Toad game. But the second game I bought after that was Mighty Number no. 9. Now, I, I'm not a huge Mega Man fan, and I'm not a huge, like, Metroid fan, nothing like that. But Mighty Number no. 9 was the first game by the original creator of the Mega Man games since Mega Man 9, or since Mega Man 10. It was Mega Man 10. And he made, he crowdfunded Kickstarter, Ma, or, uh, Mighty Number no. 9. I got the game, I was like, okay, the art style is cool, it's a side-scroller, I'm down, okay. You know, it's kind of like that run-and-gun shooter type thing, kind of like Cuphead, you know, more recently. Uh, you know, yeah. and I was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. And then I keep playing. I played for like a handful of hours. I was like, I, you know, I played for a few days, and then uh, Trenton watched me and stuff, and, and I'm like, the fucking level design for this game is shit. Like, every level is like the background's different, but the fucking stages are the same. And then there was areas of the game that were designed to, like, they were basically designed to where 
you like you would take so much damage and there was no way around not taking damage i hate when a game like you have to take damage yeah and 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 then the boss fights were just uninspired <laughs> so bad there's a lot of bugs and glitches. I heard a lot of uh, a lot of bad things about. Mario oh, it's a it's a universally hated game, and it was one of the big biggest games to like make people hate Kickstarter stuff. Even though there's a lot yeah. of good successful games on Kickstarter and Fig, and Patreon, but that was one of the games among a few others that people like that made people weary of kickstarting things. You know. Because like you put money into a game made by like the original creator of Mega Man, and it turns out to be absolute dog shit. I mean, it's pretty iffy. But then that same dude goes on to create Mega Man 11 <laughs> several years later, and it's like, holy shit, this is one of the best. Like, I haven't played it, but it's considered like one of the best Mega Man ma games ever made. I'm like, how the fuck did you is make this piece of guy? shit? I thought it was a different one. What? Who made uh, the Mega Man 11? Yeah. The newest one? No, I think it was still the original creator yeah. of the series. I think he went back to make a new Mega Man game because he didn't work for the he didn't work for uh, whoever the fuck made it. I don't know who the fuck owns Mega Man Nintendo or something. I don't know. Whoever fucking made it, like he didn't work for them. That's when he made Mighty Number no. Nine. But I think Mighty Number no. Nine was a rushed product, and then, like he didn't get to do what yeah. he fucking wanted to do, I guess, or something. And another thing that Kickstarter stuff always fuck up with is like they always promise too much shit. Like, like the yeah. goals or whatever, like the funding goals, that will fuck up your game. Like, because if you have to reach all those goals, like if you make enough money and you have to do all that shit, you have to crunch to do all that. Because yeah. you already have a game. It doesn't like, matter how much money you have, it takes Because when you go to kickstart a game and you show stuff, like you've already got a game that's like a quarter to halfway done. You have to. You can't kickstart something that's like not even fucking close to being done. You know what I mean? It's already something you've been working on. Now you're just taking a chance. Because you're self-publishing, that's what that is. You know, you're you're gaining funding to yeah. self-publish, which is very useful sometimes. But that you know, there was a few scenarios where it didn't work. It worked for Wasteland Two. It worked for Wasteland Three before they went to Xbox and delayed, and then released as a you know full title. You know, it worked for Torment: Tons of Numenera. It worked for Ukulele. It worked for a lot of games. It worked for Hat in Time. It worked for all kinds of stuff. Try the Thirteenth. You know what I mean? But like other games it, uh, it 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 made people weary of kickstarter and shit and i mean there's not i mean there's still stuff that gets kickstarted and like crowdfunded but it's just not as much as before i'm trying to think of something else that i fucking despise um every mobile or not every mobile every uh well i do despise a lot of mobile games but every um like handheld vita or 3DS version of a Lego game <laughs> that came out like and and just completely like crunched together for the for the fucking money. Yeah. Like a bigger game into a much smaller like shittier version. I despise all of those. Uh, just yeah. for the hell of it. Uh, I'm trying to think of something else. I don't know. There's more. There's not as many that I dislike as I like, but there are some out there. I just don't really think about this. Sometimes it takes me a minute to like come up with ones that I just dislike. What's a game that you really, really dislike that's not Dark Souls? Uh, The Crew. Hey, that's one that that's I don't like either. That's one of the first one that came to mind. 
I pre-ordered that shit because I thought it was going to be like a, a Forza, except you can customize your cars like crazy. Mm -hmm. and I thought it was going to be incredible. Yeah, that game was shit. Played it for about an hour and uh, realized I had lost The Crew 2 was better, but also shit. Yeah, I agree. I played The Crew 2 for free um, yeah, one weekend because I heard people liked it. And I mean, I like the aspect of driving around the United States, but it's still shit. Forza Horizon game still way better. Yeah. Also, when I got in there, it was like, holy shit, the one thing that I hated in the original Watch Dogs was the driving, and this is nothing but Watch Dogs driving. Mm-hmm. Okay? I hated That's Watch exactly Dogs what it driving. Was. It was like fucking floaty-ass arcade shit. It's like Ubisoft shit. hasn't changed any driving physics in any of their games. It's like the same driving as yeah. uh, Ghost Recon. Watch Dogs. Okay, actually, Watch Dogs 2 has the best. It's actually better than the first one. It's better it is than Ghost better. Recon. It is better. Fucking Ghost Recon. Is, fuck, dude, Wildlands, like, driving is ass. It's yep. worse than Watch Dogs 1. It's so fucking bad. I'm like, how the fuck? This shit controls so bad. It, That's it, why it, I take a helicopter everywhere. Yeah, same. It's so... Or a dirt bike, because you can't really fuck that up. <laughs> But like, I'm oh, like, trust me, I've fucked up the dirt bike a lot. I'd always drive off a cliff on accident. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, like, you can't yeah. fuck up the way it drives, really. And also, Wildlands is a really good game that I still need to beat, and I actually absolutely love that game. But the, yeah, the graphics like confuse me sometimes in that game. Like, they sometimes look good, and sometimes they look like absolute shit. I agree. It's I like understand. some like, pieces are really polished and some yeah. pieces are like... And sometimes it just looks really fuzzy in the wrong lighting and I'm like, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. But yeah, Watch Dogs 2 have probably has some of the best driving in like a Ubisoft game, hands down. It was a huge improvement over Watch Dogs 1. Watch Dogs 1's driving was fucking terrible. And Crew literally was that driving, but that's all you did. And I was like... Yep. Ooh, that's so enticing. I mean, that was makes the me entire want to game. The game. I'm like, no. I mean, it's already like, it's tough for me to say that like I want to play a game where all you do is drive cars. But the only like, and I I did enjoy like Midnight Club LA on 360. I did like enjoy Need for Speed back in the day a little bit and Burnout. And I love Burnout Paradise. Oh, and Burnout I, Paradise I, is the best. And I I do like um racing games to an extent, but I prefer one like Forza Horizon because the graphics are amazing, the the areas you visit are amazing, the cars are so cool, the driving's great, and they kind of have like a story in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and like cool missions and stuff that they provides more for you to do than just what the crew had, which was nothing. Yeah. And I like that. <clears throat> That's why the Forza Horizon games are my favorite racing games. Uh, are you going to play Horizon 5 when it comes out? I mean, maybe. I haven't even played 4, so... We've talked about this a couple times. Like, I haven't played 4. 3 still my favorite. I played 1. I never beat 1 uh, back on 360. I loved 2 I on Xbox everyone. 1. I beat 2. I almost beat 1. I fucking love and beat 3, and I still think 3 is so fucking good. Australia is like the three is best better than setting four. ever. Honestly, I would I would skip four. Dude, but five like, looks fucking five good. looks good. Yeah, especially if like if I play. I was like, if, if I got a Mexico Series X or something, like it. it's gonna be even better. But like, or like if I played it on PC, but but you know I don't yeah. want to play it on PC through like Game Pass or just like dick. But 
also, you know, I mean, it, it's the whole dilemma of like, I also like playing things on my big ass TV. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. I don't that's, mind that's playing things on my laptop. I don't mind is... playing things on like a monitor, but I also just kind of prefer to play games on like big ass TV sometimes. Yeah. Or majority of the time, because that's kind of how I play games majority of my life. I like for... I like story games on big ass TVs like yeah. Uncharted and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll play on my PS4 and the TV, but for games where I'm actually going to be playing a lot of them, I like a a smaller screen with a higher refresh rate and, and right. Uh, yeah, I mean that makes sense. Uh, higher resolution. Yeah. Well, I'm probably about to hop off here, my friend, because. Uh... I gotta work tomorrow. Alright, yeah, me too. Uh, man. Hey, it's been fun. That's uh, three podcasts. And uh, this one was just kind of rambling. I don't even know what I'm gonna call this one. (laughs) But uh, I'll be sharing them on Twitter probably tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it was a good podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good night. Good night.